Uh, I tell you, you know, it's interesting how we, you know, in church, we're busy. Sunday mornings, we're kind of moving from thing to thing, and we've got our different greetings and everything. And, and I noticed that, especially this morning, because about half the women I said, Happy Mother's Day to, said, And you too. <laughs> I'm not a mother. I have one, but I'm not a mother. You know what? It is a happy day for me. Uh, and I feel blessed by that. I pray, I pray the same for you, and I, I pray for many of us that, that whether we're rejoicing and celebrating and honoring our mom and, and who she was, what she was in our lives, or maybe some of you men are thinking of your wives, I know I am, and her dedication and commitment to our home and to our children. Uh, this is a good day. I mean, it's just kind of got positive, warm, fuzzy feelings in all directions for me. But you know, I know that when I say that, especially in a room this size, that's probably not the case for everybody. And there's a range of emotions that go with a day like this. Uh, there's things that come up, feelings that we have, and a, and a day like this kind of intensifies it. Uh, there are those who've, who've never been a mom. Those who are trying, and, and that's not just kind of happening in the timing and the way that you were hoping for. There are those, maybe in this past year, you, you've lost your mother, and this is the, kind of the first Mother's Day that you come through. And, and sometimes for, for too many, gosh, I hope not a lot, as, as we're looking maybe this direction uh, at mom, or maybe we're looking this direction at our kids, man, it's, that relationship's not what we'd want. You know, it's not quite right. And boy, this day kind of intensifies that, doesn't it? And, and so everybody's sending cards and wishing Happy Mother's Day. And, and yet inside, it's, it's, it's a hard day for us. It's a difficult day. You know, God has given many wonderful things in this earth, in this world. And one of those is, is the relationship we have with people and, and with a mother. Many good things. But if for you, that's not real element of celebration right now. That's not a real element of goodness. I tell you what, my, my prayer for you this day has been is, as God, maybe as they're feeling a, a hurt, a, an emptiness, a sense of loss, I pray today they know your goodness. And I pray that goodness just fills them up. And you know, folks, really honestly, when you think about any area of life, not just moms, but any area of life where there's a, a sense of hurt, a sense of loss, a sense of regret. Man, what a time to cling just to God. Let Him and His goodness alone be enough. Because it is enough. We're going to continue this morning in our study of the Ten Commandments. And wouldn't you know, we come today to the fifth great word. And guess what it's on? Honoring moms and dads. Gosh, who knew that would cross like that? That's kind of... Uh, Great planning, isn't it? We are uh, looking today at this fifth great word on honoring our parents. It is a significant word. You know, I mentioned in the, in the last service, and I've been in ministry now for almost 20 years, I've never preached on or taught a series on the Ten Commandments. This is the first time I'm, I'm doing this. Now, obviously the themes, the commands that come up in the Ten Commandments, I've, I've preached on and, and looked at in other things. But this command, the fifth command, is actually one I've, I've preached on a, a significant number of times. Preached on it in this church, preached on it in other series. I believe it is an extremely significant command to our life and to our well-being. Your happiness, your well-being has everything in the world to do with this command. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to God. It's all about authority. 
Let's look at this command. Turn with me this morning to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. It's the second book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus. Uh, if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, I hope you'll use one of ours in the, the chairs in front of you. If you can't reach it, I'm sure somebody will hand it to you. Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to read one verse today. Short verse, verse 12. It says there, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother, and let me paraphrase now and say, so that life may go well. Man, don't we want life to go well for our kids? I mean, if you are a parent, if you've had children, you, you want good things for them. You want a good life for them. And we'll think about as parents the things we, we feel responsible to pride. Now, obvious things, food and shelter. But then usually in our culture, we're going to probably go next to something like education. Boy, it's real important. I get my kids an, an education that I provide that for them. We may think of other opportunities, other extracurricular activities that we want our kids to be involved in. That we think it's important for them to grow up with. It'll help them have a better life. And so we're, we're moving and working and making decisions to provide these for them. I wonder though, how many times we're thinking... Wow, man, if I want things to go well for my child, my children, I really need to teach them respect for authority. I'm going to step out on a limb and say that probably doesn't make our top list of three things. It may not make our top list of ten things that we would think is important for my child to have. And yet, as I look at this fifth great word, gosh, maybe it should be the number one thing. I mean, there's a guarantee here. If I want life to go well for my kids, I'm going to teach them this command. Folks, this command is a big deal. It's a big deal for two reasons. Very separate, almost contradicting reasons. Uh, one reason it's a big deal is because we live in a culture, we live in a society that hates authority. Now, I'm not saying that you as an individual hate all authority in your life. But folks, generally speaking, as a culture, we do not honor, we do not respect authority, primarily because the highest and greatest thing in the American culture is the individual. Me, my rights, my freedoms. Now, I'm not against that. Not against the rights and the freedoms and, and the individual. But we have so elevated the individual, it's more important than any authority that might be over that individual. And I believe we're, we're in a culture now that has come to despise authority. And there's some real problems that come with that. So it's a, this is a big issue because we live in a culture that despises it. It's a big issue, secondly, because God is big on authority. This is a big deal to God. God takes this command in the Ten Commandments and it runs, it threads all the way through the entire Bible. It is coming up all the time. It's command, it's effects, it's benefits. This is a common theme in Scripture. Let me show you just a little piece of this. Just a, a few of these verses that I hope give us a little bit of feel about how big a deal this is to God. Look with me here. On the screen, first Proverbs 1 and 3. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and don't reject your mother's teaching for they will be a garland of grace on your head 
My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days, a full life, well-being. Look at that. It's all the things we want for our kids. What does it come from? Obedience. Malachi 4. Look, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Now look at this connection between the relationship between children and their parents in this next statement. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Folks, the well-being of a nation is resting on this relationship between parents and children. Look at the next passage. This is Jesus quoting God the Father. I guess you could say Jesus quoting Himself. For God said, Honor your father and your mother, and the one who speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. Again, Matthew 19, Jesus is speaking. Honor your father and your mother. Then look at this passage in Romans chapter 1. And because they did not think it worthwhile to have God in their knowledge, God delivered them over to a worthless mind to do what is morally wrong. They're filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, and evil. They're full of envy, murder, disputes, deceit, and malice. They're gossips, slanderers, God-haters, arrogant, proud, boastful, Inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. Now, I read that whole long list there, folks. I wanted you to see the company God puts people who are disobedient to parents in. Oh, disobedient, they smarted off, they didn't clean their room, right? Now, look at the company they're in. They're in the same list as murderers, God-haters, and people who invent evil. Look at that, folks. Look at the next passage. Ephesians 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. And again in Colossians 3, children, obey your parents in everything for this is pleasing in the Lord. Let me ask you, is this a big deal to God? Man, it sure is. It's coming up over and over. Why is this such a big deal? Because the child and its well-being is at stake. The nation is at stake. Why is that? Why is so much at stake? Why is so much riding on this command about honoring, respecting parents. Let's see if we can understand that today. And folks, what I think you're going to see, what I hope you're going to see is the simplicity and the logic behind this command. First thing we see, honoring parents is life's starting blocks. I mean, I mean, folks, this is where it all begins. Now, you know, we come into this world and we start in a relationship. And these Ten Commandments speak to these relationships. We've been looking now for a couple of weeks at the, at the Ten Commandments, and these commandments can break up into two lists. The, the first four commandments govern our relationship with God. What have we looked at? We finished that last week. We've seen that I'm to be careful that I'm not unconsciously letting something become godlike in my life. I'm to make sure that I'm not consciously making or forming a God in my life. I'm to be careful how I use and respect that name of God. I'm to be careful with the Sabbath. We've seen four laws that govern our relationship with God. Now we move to a second list. The next six commandments govern our relationship with each other. These are about how you and I relate, how we treat each other. And in these six commands, there's the first one. 
What's the first one? Our relationship with our parents. Do you know why that command is first? Watch the simplicity of this. Because it's the first relationship we have. As we come into this world, we enter immediately. I mean, you don't enter this world without this. You enter immediately into a relationship. And as you're on your way out, God hands you this command. Here's what you do in this first relationship in life. It's not only the first relationship, it's the most prominent relationship in the first stage of life. So this is where we start, yes, in a relationship with others, but this is where we start with God. And that kind of leads to the second point. Honoring parents is our first test of obedience. Now let's think about what this command calls us to do. It says to honor. That word in the Hebrew language means to make heavy, to make weighty, to make significant. The idea is, is that I am making my parents heavy in my life. They carry a great weight in my life. They're, they're, they're so weighty, they're so significant that it's constantly governing how I think. It's governing my attitude. It's governing my actions. It's governing, governing my response. I want everything I do to show these two people how I think about them. And, and I want it to be honoring to them. We saw in Ephesians chapter 6 that it used honor and obey almost interchangeably. Uh, synonymously, they go together. Not only do we honor, but we obey. And I love that word in the Greek language because I think God is kind of running ahead of kids and He's answering an issue. Because that word obey means to strain, to listen. You ever thought about what kids say when they're not obeying? I didn't hear. I didn't understand. Well, I didn't know. Uh, Look what God's saying. You're to strain to know. It's your job to work to hear. Why? So that because I want to obey. Man, I want to. If if I even thought I heard mom and dad's voice, I want to get it. I want to understand what they said so I can obey and honor them. That's the command this child has on its life. Now, here's the problem. That child's not going to travel too far down the road before he or she realizes that, you know, mom and dad, they're not always worthy of being obeyed. Mom and dad are not always worthy of being honored. And so this child wants, well, really the same thing we all want, because we've all been there and we're all still doing it today. This child wants to know, where's the line? I mean, I'm I'm all for the whole honor and obey thing, super idea, thumbs up on that God. But 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 where's the line? I mean, I mean, look look at the way he, she, my mom, my look what the way they're acting right now. I mean, certainly you don't don't expect me to honor and obey right here. So so Lord, where's the line? And God says, you know, there is no line. Boy, that's tough to hear. And and, and I think when we look at a command like this, you know, we we tend to run kind of out there on the extreme. We we run way out there and say, man, surely God's not expecting somebody to honor that person. And you know what? I've been there. I've seen that. I've been in some places to say, God, you don't expect that eight-year-old or even that adult child to, to honor a person like that to honor after what they've been like, after what they've done. God, that's just, that just does not seem right. It doesn't seem good. It doesn't seem fair. And, and I think God would acknowledge that. No, they're, they're, 
You're not worthy of being honored. But it's what's best for you. See, folks, honoring, let me say this first before we say why it's so important. Honoring does not necessarily mean we're going to be best friends all the time. Honoring doesn't mean we're, you know, we're going to have warm, warm fuzzies and our, our liver is going to quiver every time we think of that person, that authority, that mom or dad. Honoring doesn't mean that you allow sin, that, that you accept sin. It certainly doesn't mean you commit sin because mom or dad or that authority is calling you into sin. That's not what honor looks like. You know, in some cases, honoring may be doing our very, very best to just try to forgive and live that forgiveness. Honoring may be that we even attempt on periodic basis here and there to try to have some word, some action that gives any kind of honor at all. Honoring can be real work sometimes for a person who doesn't deserve it. But here's why this is so important. Remember what I said? This is the first test of obedience. Will you obey God even though they don't deserve it? You know, I said just a moment ago, we've got ten commands that we're looking at. They break up into a group of four and a group of six. Now, I don't know that, that all of Scripture, I don't know if this percentage is this way, but every command flows out of these ten. So let's just for a sake of argument say 60% of the commands in Scripture have to do with how you and I are going to relate. 60% of the commands are what God wants me to be, what God wants me to do with and through and for you. Now, if I'm constantly evaluating whether you deserve it or not, and there's going to be times you don't, there's times I don't, then guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to start drawing this line and pretty soon I'm going to take 60% of God's commands and I'm going to set them over here on the side and I'm not going to obey. Folks, who gets hurt from that in the end? It's us. We lose. These commands aren't because the person's going to change. These commands aren't because they've said they're sorry. These commands aren't because they deserve it. These commands aren't because they're going to appreciate you or acknowledge you. These commands are for you. Now watch the logic and the simplicity of this. If you and I, in this very first relationship in life, if we can learn that obeying God is not based on the deservedness of others, guess what? As we take on that other 60% of the commands that have to do with everybody else, we're going to find it a lot easier to obey. Because we're directing this and connecting this just with God and not with what that person's going to do with it. Guess what? When we obey, life goes well. Do you see the logic of this command? If I can learn this right away, Folks, this is such a significant man. Do you realize every single person in this room? I know that for a fact. And I don't know the next statement for a fact, but I'm not going to be far off. Every person in this room has rejected a command of God in the last seven days. You have chosen not to trust Him. You have chosen to disobey Him. doesn't matter who He is, what He's done. You're not going to do that. And do you know why you did that? Because they don't deserve it. Folks, we, we spend our whole lives 
thing about whether we're going to trust and obey God based on what other people are doing and whether they deserve it. And it's only our own lives that we're messing up in our disobedience. So if we can learn this right away, if we can learn this in the very first relationship, guess what? Rest of life is going to go pretty well. Another thing we see in this, folks, is that honoring parents is just the first introduction to authority. Oh my gosh, mom and dads are not the only ones who are not always worthy of being obeyed. Mom and dads are not the only ones who, who don't always deserve to be honored. Folks, we're going to spend our whole life. Now, I said we live in a culture that despises authority, but that doesn't help you escape authority. Every day we live on this planet, we live under authorities. From teachers to bosses to, to police, or my favorite authority of all, and I know it's yours, the pastor. The pastor, y'all want to, is everybody making that list? It was police, bosses, the pastor. I guess everybody's got it written down. <laughs> well, folks, as we leave relationship with mom and dad and we come out into all these other authorities in life, guess what? They're pretty imperfect people, too. They make decisions without good knowledge. They make decisions with bad knowledge. They make decisions because they're in a bad mood. They make decisions that are just, you know, they're being mean. They're just wrong. And you and I are living up under that authority. Guess what? If we fight that authority our whole lives, guess who loses? It's not the authority. Folks, if you think that kids can come over here and rebel against mom and dad and not learn the importance of honoring and respecting authority in this relationship, but then they're going to step out into life and then all of a sudden they're just going to start obeying and respecting all the authorities in life, it's not going to happen. If they don't get it right over there, they're not going to get it right over here and they're going to find themselves in constant conflict with police and teachers and bosses and they're going to be kicked out and fired and arrested and life is not going to go well and every one of us has seen it. And it goes back to this simple principle. This simple command. But here's the real problem. People who struggle with earthly authority almost always are going to struggle with heavenly authority. As a matter of fact, some of you sitting in here right now, and you know you struggle with earthly authority, and you, but you think, oh no, I, I accept heavenly authority. I'm okay with that. No, you're really not. You're really not. And life's not going to go well. Folks, this is a big issue. Because if we are living in a culture that is actually laying the groundwork for generation after generation to despise authority, we're actually living in a culture that is training the next generation to rebel against God. Gee, I wonder where that comes from. And it invites a spirit of paganism. It invites the curse of God. This is a big deal. And are we doing any better in the church? Are our homes doing any better than the, than the culture? Last thing we see is that honoring parents is life's best chance. That, that might sound like a summary statement to the first three points, but that's what the verse is saying. Uh, this kid's best chance in life is to learn to honor and respect authority, beginning with mom and dad. If you start there, the rest of life is going to go well. That's a promise. Folks, think back again to what we said a moment ago about what you want to provide for your children. Man, we all want to provide an education. Uh, you know what? Education will open a lot of doors. Education can make a lot of things better. It can give you a lot more opportunities. But education doesn't have any guarantees. 
I know some folks with a lot of education, life's not going very well. And that's true for everything else we try to give our kids, from money to extracurricular to to just a host of experiences. None of it comes with a guarantee. But this does. There's a guarantee here. I teach my children to honor and respect authority, and there's a guarantee life will go well. Now, that implies that moms and dads are going to do two things. Number one, we're going to teach our children to honor and obey their parents. We're going to teach them to honor and respect authority. Now, you know what? I think a lot of times when we hear that, we think this is about discipline. Man, yeah, we're going to, yeah, we teach them that. Whack! We don't back them upside the head because they didn't, you know, they smarted off. They didn't clean their room. You know, we spank them or we punish them or we ground them. And you know what? Teaching them to respect authority does include that. But guys, it's about, it's about that much of it. I don't know, 10, 10% of teaching this is about punishment and discipline. Man, it's an ongoing communication and explanation. It's communicating. Yes, you have to do what I say. Not because I'm bigger, not because I'm better, not because I'm right. Because it's how life best works for you. And it's always going to be that way. You're going to always be under authority. We've got to teach and train them how to come up under authority. But you know, mom and dad, while, while a lot of us may be very committed to you know, demanding that they obey us, to demanding that they respect, I wonder, do they see the same thing in us? See, I can demand that my child obey me or respect me, but then after dinner, after we've had that conversation, how they should do that, if they listen to my wife and I, you know, run down the policemen that stop me or run down the stupid teachers that don't know any better how to take care of these kids or they hear me talk about my boss. Folks, do you realize how much your children are listening to you talk about authorities? If not on a daily basis, absolutely on a weekly basis, they're hearing your respect. Or should I say, disrespect for authority. You see what I mean by teaching and modeling it? It's not just demanding something and and punishing them if you don't get it. It's showing them how you live under authority because we're all going to have to do it. This relationship is to train them and teach them how to come up under all the other authorities. Not because they're right, not because they deserve it, but because it's how life works. And because ultimately, if we can't come under earthly authorities, we're going to rebel against heaven's authority. I think a second thing we want to do, mom and dad, is try to make it easy, right? Don't we? A little bit. I know there's going to be some days that it's going to be hard to honor and obey me. You know, I'm demanding something. You know, I'm, this is right and this is wrong. Now, mostly it's that way because I'm just really in a horrible mood. Don't, don't even like them at the moment, you know. Ugh. We are all there. You get there. You know, we're, 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 we're you know, trumpeting our parental authority and how God... And we're, you know, we're just being in a bad mood, being a jerk. I'm going I'm to have days like that. But, but honestly, I want as much as possible because of me for them to trust and respect and accept authority. I want my kids to give authorities a running start because of the authority that they've experienced in their mom and I. 
Man, I want to do what I can. I want to have it front and foremost that, that a goal of my life is to be an authority worthy of being obeyed. Worthy of being honored. Because at the end of the day, I want them to know God. And I want them to honor and respect His authority. This is a big issue. It affects every day of our lives. Our society is not going to do it. You, you, the church, we have to lead out in our culture at doing this. What does honor look like? Kind of a simple explanation here. If you're still dependent on mom and dad, that means you still need their money. If you're still dependent on mom and dad, it doesn't matter your age, if you're still dependent on mom and dad, honoring means obedience. You obey them. They buy that. <laughs> if you're independent of mom and dad, you're no longer dependent on their resources for living, then honor looks like respect. You respect who they are. You show gratitude for who they are. You appreciate who they are. Simple words. Obey them. Respect them and give them gratitude. These things make life go well. These things establish a nation. Will your home, will the church show the United States how? We sure need it, don't we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, maybe... Right now, one of the first things we need to do is just say we're sorry for the authorities we badmouth this week in front of our kids. I, I pray that if that has happened any time in the recent past, that God, you'd bring it to our mind. We'd confess that and repent of it. God, we'd start thinking about how we're doing it, living under authority. How we honor and respect that. Father, maybe we have not been real good at, at teaching and expecting that respect and that obedience. Maybe looking at our own parents, we've not been real good at, at showing that gratitude. God, we confess this as a sin. We have joined our culture in rebelling against authority. God, we don't want to be like our culture. We want to be like you. God, I don't want to follow the TV and the newspapers and the magazines. I want to follow you and your holy, life-giving word. I want to trust your way. God, would you help us to do that? We're going to have opportunity this week. Let us see it. Let us see where that opportunity is to teach it, to expect it, to model it. God, show us places where maybe we need to go and actually make maybe a special effort to honor and respect authority. God, help us today as we go to honor mom. Lord, we need your help. Help us to live in full faith and confidence of your word and all that it teaches us. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.